Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. And bear our sicknesses and cost us to live unto righteousness. By whose stripes we were healed. I speak to you. You are not permitted to accommodate any sickness, any disease, and any malfunctioning of any kind. From the crown of my head to the very source of my feet. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God lives in this body. Only his goodness is permitted to function in this body. My eyes are his eyes. He sees through my eyes. These eyes will never be blind. My ears are his ears. He hears through these ears. They shall never be deaf. My nose are his nose. He breathes through them. They will never be blocked. My heart is his heart. He breathes through them. My heart will never malfunction. My blood flow is his blood flow. They shall be stable and will not malfunction. No part of me is permitted to malfunction. In the name of the Lord Jesus. For I am protected and preserved in Christ. In Jesus' name. Say good amen. Have zero tolerance for sickness. Did you hear what I said? Have what? Take your medicine, but be more aggressive with your faith. If you have to take medicine, take it. But be more aggressive with your faith. Mercy helps you in the natural, but your faith is where the source is. Take a stand and let the devil know because the greatest sickness is mind sickness. If Satan can convince you to see yourself as a sick person, you need to renew your mind. Say amen. amen. Do you believe that? Yes, all right, glory. Are you ready for the word? Yes, so we're going to begin to look at all the armor. Well, beginning with armor one. If you're not in the first service, go and get the message. You missed a lot. All right. Turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 to verse 18. We're going to read through them. We're going to take them. The last thing I said was, don't get hung up on the items or the illustration that was used by Paul to communicate the truth of the ammo. They are just for the purpose of illustration and emphasis. Are you hearing me? It's not about them. When you say, this girl behaves like a goat, bad English anyway, don't ever say that to your children. Say, this person behaves like a goat. Does that mean the child is a goat? Eh? That's bad English and bad, bad statement. Don't say that over your children. But when somebody says, this person behaves like a goat, typically speaking, what they're saying is that they don't mean the person is a goat. Are they saying the person is a goat? They say the person is demonstrating traits that look like what? A goat. Say, as stubborn as a bull. A bull is a very stubborn animal. Does that mean the person is a bull? No. The essence of the illustration is to communicate a simile or a metaphor or an allegory. Is that clear? 
or a part of speech. So understand. So in, in understanding the armor of God, Paul used the armor of a Roman soldier, which have different parts, beginning with the helmet, you know, the breastplate. They're all different parts of the armor, and he atomizes them. But don't get hung up on the illustration. Understand the meaning that they represent. Is that clear? Is that clear? So he said, everybody bring your sword. I say, okay, I bring my sword now. Hey, no. You're acting drama. Shoot the devil. Beep, 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 beep. Throw bazooka. Boo, boo. You're playing drama. That's not, that's not what the Bible said. There's nothing like shooting. But did you see Jesus do bazooka? Did you see the disciple do bazooka? Where did we learn all this thing from? Say for everyone now. Ga, 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 ga. What is ga, 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 ga? You have watched too much movie. That's not praying in the New Testament way. That's praying in a weird way. It's a very weird way. Can you imagine? I throw atomic. Have you seen atomic bomb? Do you know what atomic bomb look like? You think it's something they can throw like grenade? So let, let's get all those declutter our mind from some of those nonsense and get to scripture. Is that clear? Yeah. There's a reason why the Bible recorded the way the New Testament church prayed because those are the foundation upon which we're built. Let's not go and import nonsense. That has nothing to do with the word. All right? So I said two things about the armor. The armor are mind weapons. Is that not so? They are meant to arm our mind. And the Bible says, a strong man that keeps his gold is at peace. But when a stronger comes, it dismantles him. So we said we are stronger in status and capacity over Satan. Is that not true? But in advantage, it's in function of use. So Paul was aware that Satan will seek to gain advantage over Christians. 2 Corinthians 2.11, he said, Brethren, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. What are his devices? Wiles. Manipulation. Deceptive manipulations. So in order for us to fight, God says, put on the whole armor of God. And we said two things about the armor. They are weapons or armor of light and weapons or armor of righteousness. So your armor is an armor of light. And light will always dethrone darkness. Amen. It's also called an armor of righteousness, so you know why. So let's begin with the first armor. Are we ready? Ephesians chapter 6. Keep logging into this thing. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 to verse 18. Are we ready? Stand therefore having your loins, everybody say loins. What did he say? Girth with truth. That's the first armor. Second one is what? And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Number two. Number three. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Five. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts or arrows of the wicked. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The word of God. Very good. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Powerful. Praise God. But let's pick the first armor, right? This is the armor number one, truth. 
What is the first ammo? Shout it. Shout it. Now, let's look at verse 15. Verse 14, rather. Where the first ammo, let's look at the expression that was used. It says, stand therefore, having your loins girth about with truth. So, let's begin with the first one. The first part of our armor is truth. So the first thing you have to arm your mind with is with what? Truth. Everybody say truth, 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 truth. Flow with what I'm saying now. Say truth, truth, truth. Come on. Say truth, 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 truth. Have you heard a lot of shenanigans going on? My truth, his truth, our truth, them truth, their truth. Have you heard that? Because Satan knows that the battle is drawn on truth. If you got no truth, your mind is naked. Any other fake truth can affect your mind. There is only one truth, and it's the truth of Christ that arms your mind. Say amen. amen. So our first armor is what? Truth. The first part of our armor is truth. We are required to have a foundation of truth. Please pay attention. Please do. The first part of verse 14 reveals, I mean, verse 14, yeah, reveals what? That we should have our loins girth with what? Truth. What does that word, two words there, in the Roman army outfit, the loins refers to the reproductive system. All right? And it's held, the entire armor is held together with the belt. Because when they wear the armor, Everything at the waist, they girth or they fasten the armor together. Just like when you dressed as a guy and you have done everything that you need to do, you now put your belt, is that not so? And you tighten it. If you don't tighten your belt, when they are doing praise God, something will happen. Is that not true? All right? So you girth your loins with the belt of truth. Now, what is the meaning of that? The emphasis is truth. But what does loins mean? When the Bible says, girth your loins with truth, or fasten your seedbed with truth, what does that mean? Are you ready to do this? Are you ready for that? Now, what does loins mean? Let me show you what it means. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. When the Bible says girt, it means fasting or equip your mind with truth. Because without truth, your mind is defenseless. You'll be even in lies. First Peter 1 13. Are we there? Let's read together. I want to go. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. So, what is your loins? Say, my mind. I didn't hear you. What is your loins? Everybody say it. Say, my loins is my mind. I'm not hearing everyone. Some of you, can you just obey simple instruction? Everybody say, my loins is my mind. One more time. So when the Bible says, get your loins with truth, means arm or equip your mind with truth. Did you hear what I said? Without truth, your mind is defenseless and your mind will believe any lie. 
I have told you this, that the only weapon that will defeat lie is truth. Not human intellect, not human experience, not human education. If you do not have truth, lies will flow you. And there is one entity that promulgates lies. The Bible calls him the devil, who is the father of lies. He's a creature that was corrupted into an entity called lies. He lies. That's what he does. Jesus said, you have your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. For he was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he tells it of his own. For he's a liar and the father of truth. That's our commander-in-chief, Jesus. He's given us a briefing, security briefing, on the enemy you and I are dealing with, and he gives us his briefing and says, the enemy you are dealing with is what? A liar. And yeah, he gives you an armor. Arm your mind with truth. Put on truth all the time. Because these days, you look at social media, there's so many things being bombarded at you every day. So many views. So many expectations, so many angles. There are some of you, there are things you didn't like before. There are things you didn't know before. But one day you're not sitting watching something on Instagram or watching something on social media. All of a sudden you're not start liking it. You're not start wanting it. Everything is targeted. So if you have no truth on, you will be a victim of every stream of thoughts that passes. And be very careful. Some of them are webbed with such lies. Lies to lie about your health, lie about your finances, lie about your well-being, your peace of mind. Try to inform you there's so much bad news. Have you ever wondered why there's so much bad news? Because Satan wants to populate the minds of people with lies. Lies of, of fear. Lies of fear of evil. Fear of bad report. So people's minds are loaded with lies. Because every struggle is a product of lie. Every struggle. So guard your mind with truth. Am I making any sense? Are you still here? I've told you that the mind is what? The battleground. Say the mind is the battleground. Without being armed with the knowledge of the truth in the mind, the believer is defenseless against the wiles of the devil. There will be some areas where Satan has lied to you and you probably don't know. If you don't have the truth, you won't know. If you have the truth, you will know. Are you hearing me? The knowledge of the truth refers to the knowledge of the truth regarding not just anything, but the knowledge of the truth regarding the liberty that we now have in Christ. What truth is he referring to? Say, my liberty in Christ. If you are not armed with the knowledge of the truth, when we use the word truth, don't go personal. So, you know, I have my own truth. Your truth is meaningless. The truth that arms you is the knowledge of the truth concerning your liberty in Christ. Go to Galatians 5.1, everybody. Galatians 5.1. I trust to complete two of the armor today. Galatians 5.1. Quickly, quickly, quickly. The Bible says, make sure you hear this, because no matter who you are, whether you are a child, you are a teenager, you're a youth, you're married, the devil is interested in your mind. That's why for children, one of the ways to catch them is to get them exposed to certain lies at a very young age because their defenses are lower at that point. They can easily believe because they are the formative years of their life. So they don't even want to post any kind of nonsense to them. So if you don't have good supervisory parenting, 
where you pray for them and you also supervise some of the things they are learning at that stage, they can pick some stuff that can mess them up big time later. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why parents are given supervision role to manage, monitor, and train them up in the way they should go for that phase of their life. Because that's where they are forming opinions. They are forming perspective. They are forming expectations. If truth is not the building block for those things, then there's trouble. Because every arm robber was born as a child. Is that not true? They didn't come out of the womb with, a, with an AK-47. Did they do that? Somebody had to teach them that. Somebody had to expose them to that kind of lifestyle. Somebody had to sell that philosophy to them. And they had to believe it and adapt it and started doing it. So if the mind is the battleground. Galatians 5.1, are you there? If you're there, say amen. He said, stand fast, therefore, where? In the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The yoke of bondage is a product of stronghold. Did you hear what I said? The word yoke, it's an agricultural word. A yoke is what they use to control animals. Have you ever seen some of these ox that they use for farming? To control them, you put a yoke. Because if you don't, they will not go where you want. So they put a control to call a yoke. When you control the yoke to go left, the animal will go left. When you control the yoke to go right, the animal will go right. So a yoke is an instrument of control. Satan's instrument or yoke of bondage is what? Strongholds. And what are strongholds? They are imagination and suggestive thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. When you are behaving in a particular way that is out of character with Christ, it's an indication that a stronghold is ruling your mind in that area. Did you hear what I said? When you see a Christian acting out of character, for a moment you just start behaving like something outside a, a believer, it's because a stronghold is there. Any situation that is strong enough to provoke you to act out of character is an indication that there's a stronghold in your mind. Say, so I come down that you're a believer. You know matter. Because you're a Christian, that's a stronghold. You have abandoned your heritage for that moment and you're acting like a carnal person. That's not who you are. It's a lie that's making you behave that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Glory be to God. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. What does it mean to stand fast? To stand fast means to take our stand in the liberty. The word liberty means freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. When you are free, means you are not in jail. That's the way, best way to, very primary, basic way to explain. When someone is in jail, it's not free. There is movement, but the movement is regulated by his jailer. Is that not true? They tell you when to sleep, when to wake up, when to do a lot of things. Your freedom is restricted within the jail itself. So when the person is in bondage, it means he's under control. But the Bible says Christ has come to offer us what? Liberty. Everybody say liberty. liberty. And the Bible says stand fast in that liberty. Now, to take our stand in the liberty of freedom we now have in Christ requires we have the knowledge of the truth consigning it. If you don't know liberty, there's of no use to you. Is that not true? Hello? Is that not true? Now, this liberty of freedom is a product of the union we now share with Christ. Please don't let me lose you. Flow with the teaching. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. 
What is that liberty? That liberty is a product of our union with Christ. Tell your neighbor, say, you have a union with Christ. The Bible says that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. The day you got born again, you became united in, with Christ. You became one with him. As he is, so are we. In what? In this present world. As a result of being one with him, we've been entitled to set it to liberty, privileges, and rights. Because you are one with Christ, you are now entitled to liberty. Say, I'm entitled to liberty. But you need to know where you got that liberty from. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. This liberty of freedom is a product of the union we now share with Christ. I have liberty because I am in union with Christ. Say amen. Say with me. Say, I have liberty. I didn't hear everybody. I didn't hear everybody. Because I'm in union with Christ. Say that. Say, I have liberty. Because I'm in union with Christ. That means you are not under the yoke of bondage anymore. We're going to see what that yoke of bondage was. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, I mean Colossians, sorry. Colossians 1, 26 and 27. The Bible reveals to us a mystery or a secret that was hidden all through the Old Testament. But has been revealed in the New Testament. And that's what you and I share. What is that mystery? That when a man becomes born again... He's made a son of God. Your being a son of God is proof that you are in union with divinity. Say, I am in union with divinity. Say it three times. Say it four times. Look at your neighbor, say, I am in union with divinity. Look at your neighbor, say, you are in union with divinity. To be in union with divinity means to be in union with God. Hi, you are no longer ordinary. You are no longer human. You are divine. You are, a, you are an offspring of God. You are a son of God. You are now one with him. So this was what the Old Testament did not have. But we now have it in Christ. Go to Colossians 1, 26 and 27. Holy Spirit. Are you ready for this? It says even the mystery. The word mystery means the secret. Which had been hid from ages and from generations. Are you paying attention? But now is made manifest to his saint. How? Tell the neighbor, say, by being born again. When you're born again, you are now a new creature. What is a new creature? It's a product of a union between God and man. You are now from God. Say amen. Uh, say that. Say, I am from God. Say it again. I didn't say. Say it again. Do you know what a new creature means? It means a species of being that has never existed before. So all those memories of who you were, were your old person or your old self. A new you has been born on the inside of you. Hiya, yeah. Say, I'm, I say, I'm new. Bible calls it newness of life. If a man being Christ is a, it's a new creation, a new person. Say, I'm new. Do you know that new person? Satan has no record of you. You didn't hear what I said. That new person that you are, Satan has no case against you. You didn't hear what I said. 
Oh, come on. You need to embrace who you are. I said that new person that you are, Satan has no case against you. He has no history against you. In his book, who you were has been deleted in the archives of heaven. Did you hear what I said? He's just trying to lie to you. Trying to remind you of who you were. But who you are is what you are in him now. Lift your hands and say, Father, thank you. Listen, he said in verse 27, to whom, that's the saint, me and you, God will make known what is the riches of the glory. The word riches means the wealth of this mystery. The wealth of the glory of this mystery. What is the mystery among the Gentiles? Which is what? Christ. Christ in you. Say Christ in me. The hope of glory. That means because of that union, you've been born to live a glorious life. Hey! Somebody say hey. Say hey! Say Christ in me. The hope of glory. Now, now listen. Because of that union, you have been given liberty. Somebody shout, liberty. <laughs> listen, it's going to get interesting. Are you still with me? The mystery or secret of our union with Christ has been revealed in the scripture. The Holy Spirit has been given to the believer to guide him into the knowledge of the truth concerning the riches of the glory of our union with Christ. See, when you became united with Christ, you were born into a wealth of glory. It's called the riches or the wealth. I hope you know God trades in glory. Words are glory products. Did you hear what I said? Souls are glory products. God is wealthy in glory because he's called the God of glory. Glory is simply the workings of eternal life. Anything eternal life does is glorious. You've been born into that same legacy. I say you've been born into that glory. And listen, because of your union with Christ, you are born into a hope. That word hope is epipsis. It means expectation of a glorious life. Surely there is an end. For the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. God wants you to know who you are, where you are, and where you're coming from. Oh, come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, listen to this. This is powerful. Hear me. The Holy Ghost has been given to guide us into the knowledge of the truth concerning the riches of the glory that is a product of our union with Christ. Are you still with me? Until we are armed with truth concerning the riches of his glory that we now share in Christ, we will continue to remain a victim of Satan's lying deceptions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you still with me? <laughs> our mind or our loins can only be protected with the knowledge of the truth that we have. Any knowledge of the truth you do not have, you become vulnerable in that area. Are you ready for this? Let me make this statement. In Christ, we have liberty of freedom. I want you to say it three times. Say, in Christ, I have liberty.
Now let's spin it around. Let's use the word freedom this time. Say in Christ I have freedom. Again. Shout it again. Woo! Say freedom. freedom. Now listen to this. We must know and take a stand with this freedom or liberty always in our mind. If you don't know you have liberty in your mind, you will embrace bondage. Did you hear what I said? You will yes. Now let us take a look at some of the liberty or freedom we have in Christ. I can't cover all, but I'm going to take two foundational ones. You can go and read the Bible and find them out. They're all awesome. Are you ready for this? Write this down. The first liberty that we have, which is the genesis of the human crisis today, we have been given liberty from sin. Did you hear what I said? It didn't excite some of you. When I was preparing this, I got excited yesterday. Say, I have liberty from sin. Say it one more time. I hope you know death came because of sin. The day you eat of it, you shall die. So everything started dying the day man sinned. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came, brothers and sisters, and gave us liberty from sin. When I got born again and came into the faith, I was taught to be afraid of sin. But in Christ, you are not taught such ways. You are taught to know that you are liberty from sin. Let's, let's get into the word. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Because the way some of you think about sin is not based on the liberty that is in Christ. It's based on your own human interpretation or version about sin and how to deal with it. And if your psychology or theology of sin is not rooted in Christ, you have the wrong theology. Did you hear what I said? Write this down. I'm going to make this powerful statement and I'm going to show you from the Bible. We are free from sin. Say that. Write that down. We are free from sin. Sin no longer has legal power over you. What did I say? I've heard a lot of Christians say my problem is sin. No, your problem is not sin. Your problem is ignorance. Did you hear what I said? Hello? People, some people think that the reason why there's so much uh, promiscuity among some Christians is because the church is not preaching sin enough. If you preach sin outside the gospel, you're not preaching the right message. Because any gospel outside the gospel, Paul said, let him be accursed. You cannot hate sin more than God. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. <laughs> let me resound that. I say you cannot hate sin more than God. Sin messed up his creation before he sent Jesus to repair it. So you cannot be more angry at sin than God. As a matter of fact, I say the wages of sin is what? Is death. That's the verdict. There was a bondage that sin brought into humanity. That bondage was liberated by Christ. And you need to understand that. Otherwise, the yoke of bondage in sin will continue to reign over your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go to Romans chapter 6. Are, are you excited? Romans chapter 6 verses 12 to verse 18 and verse 22. I need everybody in church to put their attention on what I'm sharing with you so you can get this. Every struggle of sin in your life has to stop. Did you hear what I said? It has 
to stop. When you understand the liberty that you have in Christ over sin, it will not be an issue for you again. Please hear me. It is not what I am telling you. It's what the Bible says. Now, let's look at Romans chapter 6. Are we there? Verse 12. From verse 12. I said verse 12. 12 to verse 18 and verse 22. Are we there? Can we begin from verse 12? Everybody, are you there? Now, make sure you're looking at your Bible. Let not sin. Therefore, reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the laws thereof. Let me ask you a question. When the Bible tells you, let not, did it say you should, God should help you not to make sin reign in your body? He said, let not sin reign. So, the Bible is speaking with an authority and a bodaciousness to you. With an understanding that you should have, that you have the power to stop sin from messing your life up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because there's a liberty that has been provided in Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Verse 13. Neither yield your the word members means your body as instrument of unrighteousness unto sin. Bible said, don't yield your body to sin. Go, continue. But yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Say, I'm alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. The word members means your body as instrument of what? Righteousness unto God. Get up from your seat. Go to two people say, your body is no longer under the dominion of sin. Because you have liberty in Christ. Go to about three people say that. Hallelujah. Say amen. Go back there. Let's continue. Verse 14. Don't sleep. If you feel like sleeping, go back and stand behind. Usher, make sure you watch people that are sleeping and, and wake them up. Are you there? Verse, verse 15, uh, 14. Are we there? Are we there? All right. It says, for sin, I, I want you to understand the language and the standpoint of scripture. God is speaking to us with an understanding that you and I have power over sin. He says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For you are not under the law but under grace. <laughs> are you listening to me? Let's continue with the word. Verse 15. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace. What was the answer? That it didn't just say no. No is light. God forbid me, it shouldn't even exist. We are under grace to be empowered to live above sin. We are not under grace to sin. We are under grace to live above sin. What shall we? De what then shall we sin because we are not? We are, not under the law, but under grace. What is the answer? God forbid. The essence of grace is not liberty to sin. It's liberty from sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The essence of grace is not liberty to sin, but liberty from sin. Come on, say amen. amen. Say a good amen. amen. Verse 16, everybody. Know ye not that to whom you yield. You see that word yielding coming again. 
to whom you yield yourself servant to obey. His servant you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto who? Righteousness. Verse 17. But God be thanked that you were. That means you are no longer. You were the servant. Say, I am no longer a servant of sin. Say it louder. Say it louder. That word servant means slave. I am no longer. He said, you were the slave of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart. That form of doctrine which was delivered to you. What is the doctrine? Everybody say the gospel. Come on, shout it. Say the gospel. Now, verse 18. I, I, I love this. I love this. Are you ready for this? Being then made free. Hey, say I've been made free from sin. Oh, say, say, I've been made free from sin. You became the servants of righteousness. Say, I am a servant of righteousness. Say, I'm free from sin. I am a servant of righteousness. Are you, are you, are you getting this? Being then made free from sin, you became the servant of righteousness. Now, go to verse 22. Go to verse, zap to verse 22. Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? Go to verse 22. Kaleko Shabriga. Open your Bible. Open your Bible. Verse 22. Verse 22. Is your mind here? Verse 22. What did he say? Verse 22. Be now, but now, be made. You see that statement again? Be made free or be liberated from sin. You became servants to who? To God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Come on, shout. Say, I'm free from sin. Shout and say, I'm free from sin. One more time. Say, I'm free from sin. Now, listen to me. Stop listening to the devil's lies about sin. What did I say? Stop listening to the devil's lies. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are not helpless against sin anymore. One of the reasons of people, some Christians are struggling with a particular sin is that the devil has convinced their mind that they are helpless against the sin. And once you buy that lie, you are done. He has stolen your, uh, your, your mind in that area. He has lied to you and has convinced you that you cannot do without the sin. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Once I went to preach to someone years ago. I said, we want, to, we, want to, we want to get born again. He said, but pastor, I only have one problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, my problem is women. I said, receive Jesus, leave women. God did not make any man a problem. God did not make any woman a problem. The problem is the lie you believe in your mind about man and about women. Do you understand that? Tell your neighbor, say, it's all a mind game. Let me ask you a question. Everybody look at me. Why the unnecessary an unholy fixation on the butt of a woman. Who brainwashed us? Hello? It's sin. Sin sold you a lie that the butt of a woman is a place of pleasure. The butt of a woman is for poo-poo. Just like your own too. Who schooled you that when a woman is walking and his bum bum is shaking, that means this woman correct. Where did you get that psychology from? Who taught you that? 
Why do women flaunt their breasts? Not all, some. Because they believe that their breasts makes them, they use the word they say, sexy. I don't, go and check the meaning of the word sexy. You will be disappointed when you read it. They believe that you are a pretty woman if you flaunt your breasts. So an industry came up where they now start enlarging breasts because the psychology that is sold to a lot of women is that if your breast is bigger, you are more appealing. And many women have gone under the knife, some with horrible side effects they will never tell you. Just because you want that thing on your chest to do like this. And for you, the men, what makes you look at the breast of a woman and get a lustful attachment to it? It's because of the psychology of lie that you bought into. It has brainwashed you that the beauty of a woman is defined by selective futures on a body. And the women are doing their best to meet up with the expectation that sin has put on them. That's where the struggle is coming from. You know what I'm saying? So when a girl comes in now and he wears short skirt and you're seeing from here down, something in your head just bing. Do you understand what I mean? So you're like, bim. This girl hot. Is she fire? Who taught you that? So boy, see the girl. See the kind of short skirt. Really? So the girls know. So what they now do is, they, they are not under the same pressure to look at it. Ideally, the whole essence of cosmetic is to enhance your beauty. So that when some of us are worshiping, we will not shout Jesus. Eh? But, but cosmetic is not you. It's an extension of you. Some of you, by the time you finish your cosmetic, you are different. Who you wear and who you look like, two different things. No problem. We can manage. We are used to you. But it's just cosmetic. By the time you go home, you will clean everything away. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you, my brother, 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 especially those of you that are not married, don't get carried away. See, the girl, fine. What you are seeing is cosmetic. It's not who she is. It's what she's putting on. So when you say, man, that guy, that guy, day, day, ah, he correct, guy, bam. What do you mean? Everything you are explaining is, is cosmetic. It's not who she is. The book of Proverbs says, beauty is vain. First of all, I said, favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. Why is it vain? Because it's cosmetic. He said, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So the true beauty of a woman is not the looks. The looks should be an extension of what you carry on the inside. I like the way Peter put it. Let it be the inward man of the heart. The ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Because the struggle with sin is not because men are helpless with sin. 
is because they believe the lies that sin for ages and generations has sold to me and you. Why do you think pornography drive? People want to look at naked women on the pornographic site. Because they've sold you a lie that there's a pleasure you get by looking at a naked woman. It's a lie, but you believed it. And because you believe it, your emotion has been trained and wired to function the same way. So when you look at it, you start getting some funny vibes in your body. Satan is just messing you up big time. To no respect anymore. What do you think about sex? It's the same line psychology. God created sex with a specific purpose. It's very clear. But sin has created a version. Today, if you look at movies, sex is nothing. It's do it whenever, however, wherever. Is that not so? You just see, you just see uh, two idiots. Meet each other. How are you? Fine. How are you doing? I like you. I like you too. You look nice. You too. So, where are you from? I'm from from. You are from from. Okay, from from. The next day they start um, poking each other. She so says, ah, I see this thing. You have been brainwashed. What you call pleasure is corruption now. You've been brainwashed. Who told you fair means better? Yeah, I, I married a fair wife. Praise God. But I've always preferred a black woman. I don't have a problem with her because who she is is not her fairness. And if you have wisdom, when you live with a woman, you know it's not about her complexion. Are you hearing me? It's not about the complexion. It's about the character. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Complexion cannot... If a man is angry, when he looks at the girl, he says, okay, okay, you're fair. No, Allah. Oh, hallelujah. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Oh, you're looking... Say, 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 my wife, mm, she's fine, so I don't go verse. It's a lie, <laughs> Praise God for cosmetic. It's an enhancer. But that's not who you are. The struggle with sin is the lies that Satan has used sin to plant in the mindset of humanity. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And we need to decongest and debunk those lies so we don't fall victims of that. They are called motions of sin. Did you understand that? Motions of sin. Why are they motion? This, the word motion, it's an activity word. Activity is where you get the word action. Action or activity. So these are sin-motivated motion or activity. That's what it means. Motion means sins, activities that are motivated and inspired by sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me. You are not. Say, I'm not helpless against sin anymore. Shout it. Attraction usually begins from looks. God put an attraction between a male and a female. But that attraction will be regulated with understanding. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Should be regulated with what? Understanding. understanding. So you don't, you don't behave like a fool. Satan wants to take that regulation away and make you victim of anything or anyone you are attracted to. That's where the concept of gay or homosexual came from. That once you feel attracted to a man and you are a man, it's okay. It's not okay. It's the motion of sin. Motion of sin. And the enemy wants you to do that because when you do what the scripture has not said, it kills your conscience against God 
put you under guilt and condemnation and you will not be able to believe and embrace God's love for you because you will feel that God wants to get you. Are you listening what I say? That's why people struggle with sin. Please hear me. Jesus liberated us from the nature and the bondage to sin by becoming one with sin and giving us his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He who knew no sin was made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When someone says, man, I just feel like sleeping with somebody. No! You don't feel it's the sin motion in your head that is convincing you that you need to sleep with somebody. First of all, are you married? No. Then you don't need to sleep with anybody. When you believe that lie, that's when you become helpless. That's why the prostitution industry sells. Go to Artillery Junction. All those can appear, most of them, and taxi driver, that you see them driving, shouting, fighting everybody on the road. 3 a.m. They go and stay. I don't want to call the name here. They go and stay there on the junction. Half of the money they make in the day, they will spoil it on who? On women. Then the next one, they'll be cursing uh, Buari and Nigeria. Are you listening to me? We cannot be victorious over sin because Jesus gave us victory. To sin, listen to this. To sin for the believer now is a choice of ignorance, not helplessness. I think there was a lady that passed. There was a lady that was dressed. He said, all this girl dressing to, to bring men down. I didn't answer him. I all kept quiet. The lady you are even talking about, she didn't hear you. She doesn't even know you. You don't know what is her mission. Here you are fabricating your own, bringing men down. All this seductive. I didn't answer. I didn't say one word. When he kept talking, I know that I didn't answer. He shut up. Because that, that's the psychology of the motion. Of, you want to look at a girl. You want to tell her how to dress. Now you born now. If she's wearing only pants on the road, is it your business? Remove your eye. Your problem now is when you want to say, why are you dressed like this? What's wrong with you? I will beat. Did God send you? God who is sitting in heaven, is he not saying it? Then some of you will now put yourself in a self-made appointed police that God didn't send you. The truth be told, you have a problem with lust. You don't want to admit it. Both male and female. It's not only men that has lost. Women has lost. Let me not go there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let this truth of your victory and liberty over sin renew your mind. Otherwise, you will continue to struggle with the fear of sin. Say, I have liberty from sin. Say it. Say, Christ has given me liberty from sin. Say it louder. I'm talking to our young, 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 you're growing up and you begin to find out that attraction is coming. At, write this down. Attraction is to be regulated with understanding. Did you hear what I said? Yes, Have you ever passed where you saw, maybe you went to a, a, a supermarket or you, you went to do window shopping and you saw something that you like. Maybe you saw a phone that, and you cannot afford it. You can't buy it, but you like it because you have seen it in the internet. There's somebody say, collect it. Will you collect it? <laughs> eh? Why? 
It's still in Abbey. And it's not your own. Except you buy it. You have to buy to have the right to collect it. But if you cannot buy it and you collect it, what are you? What would they do to you? They will beat you. <laughs> they may beat you and you may end up in prison. <laughs> what is that? For collecting what is not your own. So even if you like it and you want it, but it's not your own, so what do you do? You control yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You do what? Control. And God gave us the ability to control. You just say no. You respect yourself. I've always had a principle from scripture I've learned. Anything I cannot afford yet, I don't need it. And don't let anybody talk you into it. Say no, you can believe God. You believe it for yourself. Don't put it on me. Hallelujah. Another liberty that we have in Christ. Let me push this. Are you ready for this? This one, you need to get this. Not only are you liberated from sin, write this down. Another liberty that we have in Christ that we must gird our mind is, is that we are free from the law of sin and death. Say, I'm free from the law of sin and death. Come on, say that. Say, I'm free from the law of sin and death. I didn't hear you. Come on. Turn your Bible to Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. Quickly. Are you learning anything? Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. Are we there? Let's read it together. There is therefore now, hallelujah, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who work not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Hold on, hold on. I have read this statement wrongly for a long time until I saw it recently. It's not saying that there's no condemnation to you because you walk after the spirit but not after the flesh. That's not what he said. Go back again. So because some of us have a religious lens when we read the Bible. Go back again. What did he say? There is therefore there is when you use this there is therefore is a statement of reality or fact. It's not telling you a condition. There is therefore, it's not if. It's a conditional word. It's not telling you that if you have no condemnation because you're in Christ, it's because you are walking after the Spirit and not after. That's not what he's saying. This is a portrait of the new creation in Christ. It's giving you a statement of truth which is a product of what Christ has done. He's telling you what you are. Are you hearing me? He's not telling you what you are trying to be by your effort or ability. He's telling you about a state you have acquired in Christ. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Say so let me say, a state I have acquired in Christ. Hence the emphasis of in Christ Jesus. It is not in you, not in your ability, but what you have acquired in Christ. So let's read it with a proper perspective. Want to go. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Hold on. Which are in Christ. Are you in Christ? Then there is therefore now no condemnation. Then he now goes further to explain those who are in Christ that have no condemnation. Who are they? Who walk not after the flesh 
but after the spirit. So you are safe to walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. So those who are in Christ, whom there is no condemnation, they walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. It's telling you who you are. Are you hearing me? But some of us have used our religion to read a condition that is not there. Okay, go to verse 2. What did verse 2 say? For the law of the spirit of life in. He's not telling us another resources we have in Christ. In Christ, we have no condemnation. Is that not true? Then in Christ again, there is a law called the law of the spirit of life in who? In Christ Jesus hath made me free from what? From the law of sin and death. Come on, say that. Say, I've been free. From the law of sin and death. Are you still with me? Now, what is the law of sin and death? Write this down. The law of sin and death refers to the Mosaic law causes that were pronounced on those that did not keep the Ten Commandments. There was a consequence to breaking the Ten Commandments. They were called the causes of the law. And I hope you know if you're a good student of the Bible, the reason why God gave them the Ten Commandments is not for them to keep it. He gave it to them to reveal the sinlessness in man and the helplessness against sin. That was why he created the priesthood. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The law is perfect, sinless, completely perfect because it came from God. But the purpose of the law was to introduce humanity to Christ. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because nobody can keep the Ten Commandments. Are you, are you telling me something? You can't. You will keep four, you break one, you've broken everything. The only one who could have done that was Christ. When he came, the Bible said he was tempted in all points, yet without, without sin. He was born sinless, but in order for him to redeem us from sin, he had to become a sinner to set you and I free from it. By becoming a sinner, his obedience and victory over sin was not credited to our account. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because if you don't have understanding, you will struggle. Alright? So, and, and when we came into Christ, the law of sin and death, which was the consequential law of disobeying the law, we were automatically set free because we've been born into the life and obedience of Christ. And Christ in his life has given us the ability to keep the commandment in one word called love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you still with me? Yes. Read Romans 30. Paul broke it down there. That the whole commandment is summarized in one word. Love. And Jesus said, the new commandment I give unto you, that you do what? As long as you walk in love, you are keeping the Ten Commandments. Did you hear what I said? That, that's what Jesus... And, 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 and Jesus made it free. Because if you couldn't, you were a victim of the law of sin and death. Let me show you let me give you the category, then I'll prove it to you in the Bible. The causes were categorized as, write it down, sin, sicknesses, diseases, poverty, and death. All the causes of the law of sin and death were categorized under that. So sickness is a product of the law of sin and death. Disease is a product of the law of sin and death. Poverty is a product of the law of sin and death because they are a product of the curses. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? 
All right, let's, let, let me explain that to you from the Bible quickly. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 and verse 45. Please make sure you get this. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 and verse 45. If you don't know what the law of sin and death is, this is what it is. Let me show it to you. Deuteronomy 28, 15 and 14. If you are there, say amen. 15 and 45, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 28. Are you looking at your Bible? You need to know this so you don't entertain what Christ has redeemed you from. Amen. Verse 15. And it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments, that's the Ten Commandments, and his statutes, which I commanded this day. What did he say next? That all these what? Causes shall come upon thee and overtake thee. That's the law of sin and death. It was produced through the transgression of Adam. Verse 45. Go to verse 45. What is 45? What did he say? Moreover, all these causes shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed. Because what? Thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandment and his statue which he commanded thee. That means if you don't keep the law, what the law says, a curse comes on you. And listen to me, brother and sister, if not for Christ, some people would have been dead by now. Because even everything that has been offered to you in Christ, you are not keeping themselves. If God wanted to curse you, you would have been dead by now. Praise God for Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Go to Deuteronomy 29, verse 20, 21, and 27. I'm going to stop at this first point. So you know the truth to arm your mind with. Deuteronomy 29, verse 20, 21, and 27. Are you there? Are you paying attention? Verse 20. The Lord will not spare him, but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. And I hope you know man is unisex, male, female. And all the causes that are written in this book shall lie upon him. And the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. Verse 21, everybody. And the Lord shall separate him unto evil out of all tribes of Israel according to all the causes of the covenant that is written where in this book of the law verse 27 go to verse 27 verse 27 and what and the anger of the Lord was kindled against this land to bring upon it all the causes that are written in this book I told you they all categorizes under sin sickness disease Poverty and what? And death. Now, go to Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and verse 14. Please understand the Bible. We're taking time to teach you from Scripture so you don't make presumptive statement that you cannot substantiate from the word of God. Galatians 3 verse 13 to 14. Are you there? Are you there? Let's read it together. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. Did you see that? How? Being made a curse 
for us. For it is written, Cause is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Did he hang on a tree? He did. The word tree there was a symbol for the cross. Verse 14, everybody. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Not works. Write this down. The blessing of Abraham is the blessing of Christ. I hope you know that. I hope you know the seed of Abraham is not Isaac. I hope you know. Galatians 3, go and read it there. The seed of Abraham is Christ. Go to, if you read Hebrews chapter 2, the Bible confirms that Jesus was the seed of Abraham because he came through that lineage. So the seed of Abraham is not a seed as in seeds. Because you would have thought Isaac was a type of Christ. But it wasn't the seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham was Jesus. The wisdom of God was coded in that statement. And Paul by the Spirit decoded it. That what God was talking about was Christ. That in Christ, it was going to bring all together. Whether Jew, Gentiles, all together in one. And through Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Now write this down. The believer is no longer cursed. As I said it now, some of the religious mindset inside some of you just rose up. What do you mean that I'm not cursed? Why is this what happening to me? I will tell you. Because we just read that Jesus has been what? Has been what? What did he say in verse 13? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by being made a curse. Yet you are opening your big mouth to say you are still cursed. So that means what Jesus did was useless. The blood of Jesus for you is not as strong enough to deal with the curse that you were dealing with. Alright, now let's continue. Are you there? The believer is no longer cursed. Stop thinking that you are cursed or under a generational curse. No. And I'll tell you where the problem is coming from. Stop thinking. Tell nobody, say stop thinking. I repeat again. I say, I say stop thinking. Stop thinking that you are under a generational cause. You are not. Christ became cursed so you can be redeemed from the curses. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are now under the Abrahamic blessing. Verse 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile. I want to ask you a question. The blessing and the curses, which one is more powerful? Yes. A little example. When Balaam, Balak wanted Balaam to curse the children of Israel. He couldn't. Not because he didn't want to. He couldn't. He wanted to. But when he stood and he looked at them, the blessing of God did not permit him to say. And he declared something that Christ was going to be revealed, or going to reveal through his redemption. He said, I cannot curse them, for you cannot curse that which is blessed. Say, I can't curse them, for they are blessed. You know, hear what I'm saying? I, I, I want to, but I can't. Even if I do, it won't make any sense. Because the blessing puts a barrier on them. That even if you pronounce curses on them, it will not work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to, but I can't. I can't curse them for they are blessed. 
What did Ephesians 1 3 say? Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, religious spirit don't like this. We want to use our experience to translate what Christ has done in our life. Let me tell you what I mean. Some will say, okay, pastor, if you say I am not cursed, why is it that what was happening with my father, happening with my mother, is happening to me? The answer is very simple. Number one, you are ignorant. Number two, the lies that he told your father, you have bought the same lie. You are not suffering from a curse because you are cursed. You are suffering from the curse because you are ignorant. I know you want to believe and let them do deliverance, turn you upside down, shake you, hang your leg, do lay leg and head on your head. It will not go because you can't cast that ignorance. You have to use knowledge to replace it. I know some of you want to believe that the reason you are not progressing is a cause. Because it satisfies your emotional ego. I hear there must be a cause. I talk on. I hear. I talk on. I talk on. No ordinary eye. No ordinary eye. You are, you are a native doctor. No ordinary eye. I talk on. Anything to validate bondage in your life is proof that Satan has lied to you. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you feel and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you live with that blessing consciousness, nobody can do nonsense around you. I mean, I'm sitting in a compound, for instance, and they say there's a witch there. So I will now pack for the wish to be there. Say that they press people. So that means they will come press. <laughs> I did tell you a story a pastor told me years ago. It happened in Kaduna. There's a guy that was learning the principle of the authority of the believer. Before he landed, he was having his demonic oppression. So the day he understood his authority and he was beginning to grow. That night, he said he felt an influence. Like, bah! when he got up, he said he got angry. He did like this. Walked around this room. A pastor told me this. Now, I used to preach in his church in about those days. He said, the guy stood up and said, whatever came here that left, in Jesus' name, I summon you back. Come back here now and appear and show yourself. When he did that, he said for a minute, a wind came into his room and, went, and he saw a, a snake-like being that turned into a woman from their village. He said, stay there, don't move. Called his wife. And the sister that when he said, Una come, I want to show you something. As they entered, they said, Yeah, they're running, say, come here, where are you going running to? When they say, yeah. He now looked at her. He said, You know me, I know you were saying. He said, the next time you try this nonsense, you will die. Did you hear me? Say, yes, sir. Say, get out of this place. And the thing disappeared. That was the last time. Stop trying to use your experience. Like, for instance, you come for healing, they pray for you, say so you are healed. See the permission. Don't go that small, small. We see the permission. See, they're doing 20, 20, 20 like that. When they were coming, bless you, they shook me for back. They shook me for back. You're a kind of believer. When you operate by faith, you don't operate by feeling. Whether you feel it or not, it's not there. Did you believe the word of God? Yes, then it's done. You ignore the feeling and stay with the word. Are, are you listening to what I'm saying? 
The problem with many believers, listen to this, as I begin to run, listen. Stop thinking that you are cursed or under a generational curse. No, you are not. Christ became cursed so you can be redeemed from the curses. You are now under the Abrahamic blessing. The blessing of Abraham is the blessing of our union with Christ. We are blessed and not cursed. Listen, the problem with many believers now is cursed thinking. Look at the number. Do you have a cursed thinking? Some of you have a cursed thinking. Cursed thinking. As long as you allow Satan's lie to make you think you are cursed, your faith will not function effectively because you are doubting the integrity of what Christ has done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are liberated from the curses. Say, I've been liberated from the curses. Oh, come on, shout it. Shout it. When my father passed on, you know, he was lured because of some family, whatever. And because he had some medical challenge towards the time before he died. I didn't even know. He didn't tell me because if he knew he told me, there would be a problem. He went and set up a shrine in front, if you have been to our place, in front of the house, close to the door to his room, a shrine there with all kinds of nonsense. I didn't know. So by the time he died and I got home, I saw something in front of the place there. There's someone that said, eh, we need to call all of them for worry so that they come and perform ritual. And carry. I said, are you okay? Is your head correct? I should call them to come and perform ritual to carry this nonsense out of the place. I said, I'll remove it. So I just came in, relaxed, prayed in the spirit. Next to I said, Festus, follow me. Festus carried one big hammer like this on his shoulder. I went there, stood. I said, listen to me, in the name of Jesus, I don't know whatever you are. I said, but I'm a son of God standing before you. Whatever traffic of demons that was, I, bam, I stop it now. And in the name of Jesus, you are destroyed. I said, Festus, break it. Broke it. I used my hand. Nothing did me. Carried all the rubbish, put it inside sack, went and threw it inside those bin. If the demon has seven heads, she'll go and meet it there. Am I not here today? Stop thinking like somebody who is cursed. Satan has sold you a version of you that, that died with Christ. Stop resurrecting it. Some of you are saying that you, 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 if you don't think something is wrong with you, you are not okay. Why can't you think that something is blessed with you? Something must be wrong. You would just say, what is that thing? What is that blessing that is speaking? Why not think the opposite way? It's a training Satan has given us. Something must be wrong. And we don't know the something. Oh. The something has no name. Oh. We'll not be looking for something. Something is wrong with me and I don't know. So what is that something? It's called something. What is something? Something is something. I don't know what something is because something is nothing. Hear me? Stand in this liberty in your mind and function with boldness as a son of God. Are you hearing me? As long as you think you're cursed, there'll be no boldness. You'll be fear. There'll be fear. We are cautioned to use our liberty as an opportunity to serve Christ. We are not free to be loosed. We're not free to do as we like. We are only free to serve Christ and the cause of the gospel. There were some extreme people who took liberty as... It means to do anything they like. No. Go to 1 Corinthians 7 verse 22. So we understand the context of the liberty that we have in Christ. And Galatians 5.13 and we're done. This is the context of our liberty. This is where it functions with maximum power and authority. 
that is designed to. What is that liberty? It's not about trouser. It's not about skirt. It's not about makeup. Did you hear what I said? That's not liberty. That's close. First Corinthians 7.22. Are you there? What is this liberty about? Look at verse 22. For he that is called in the Lord. Say, I'm called in the Lord. Being a servant is the Lord's free man. Shout, I'm the Lord's free man. Hey, say, I'm the Lord's free man. I hope you know the word man is a unisex, male and female. Say, I'm the Lord's free man. The Lord's free man means nothing is permitted to bind you anymore. Oh, you didn't hear what I said? Nothing is permitted to put you under bondage anymore because you are the Lord's free man. Come on, say free man. free man. Why? Because you've been freed in Christ. No devil, no demon, no oppression of darkness has the legal right to bring you under bondage anymore. Why? Because you are the Lord. You've been called in the Lord. You are a servant to him and you are his free man. Did you hear what I said? Listen to the next amen. Likewise also, he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. So you are free to be his servant. And you know he's a master of love. I hope you know that. I'd rather be a slave to him than the devil. Hallelujah. So your freedom is to serve Christ. Final scripture, Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13. The Bible says, For brethren... You have been called unto liberty. Say amen to that. Amen. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve. So this liberty that we have in Christ is a liberty to service, to serve Jesus and to serve your fellow brother. Do you know you are truly free when you serve? Those who are not free in their thinking don't want to serve. They come to church and they don't do anything. But if you really understand that you are the Lord's free man, you will serve. Serve one another by loving one another. Being a point of love, not offense. The liberty of Christ has liberated you to serve, to be a blessing, to empower others, to lift others up, to be a blessing to other people. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. I know some of this will, will, will irritate some religious devils. But it doesn't matter. The word of God is the word of God. Everything I told you, you can confirm from the scripture. They're all there. Lift up your hands and begin to thank him. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.com. Org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.